smoking a cigarette over there? You betcha. Number one recommended by doctors. Well, did the doctor tell you that they're gonna kill you? No. That's a bunch of hullabaloo. That's an old wives' tale. Is it? Cigarettes don't kill you? Uh, last I heard, the Surgeon General said that cigarettes are murder pipes. I heard the Surgeon General was a communist. <laughs> well, you know what definitely won't kill you? Probably, as far as I know. What's that? Well, this great little thing called a flavor stick. You put it in your mouth when you want a cigarette, and instead of annoying all your friends and killing your lungs, you just get a minty, fresh, delicious mouth. I'm gonna keep smoking. Well, John, you're a real piece of shit. I sure am. Oh, I farted. I'm sorry. Um, no. Oh my gosh. My voice again. I'm, I'm blowing out my voice. I don't know if I could. Uh, I don't know if I could do this much longer, guys. Just straining out, man. How's it sound on your end? It sounds fine. You sound like somebody got punched in the throat. That's. Wow. Thanks you gotta get some for the glowing recommendation. What is that stuff? Vocal ease? Does that stuff work? I'm not, spraying, that? I'm not spraying bullshit in my throat. It's Dude, like you went to the mall. Like help went, sometimes. It's oh, like man. you went to the mall to buy dipping dots and they gave you like gravel pedals instead. Wait, what the <laughs> fuck is a gravel pedal? <laughs> gravel. Yeah, oh, I thought that was some like ripoff dipping dots or something like that. <laughs> gravel pedals. Gravel pedals. Gravel pedals. They're just like, you know what sounds really good? <laughs> Dippin' Dots? No, gravel pedals. Dude, they still have Dippin' Dots at, um, they're called Mini Melts, actually. They have a Chuck E. Cheese. I went to, we've been oh, going okay. to Chuck E. Cheese all mm -hmm. summer long. They've had a killer deal. It's great. Kids love I like it. Dippin', I like Dippin' Dots. I think it's a very satisfying feeling. They're, they're so cold. They're so cold. You know, I was aren't told it like, was the future of ice cream, but. Aren't they like negative? Know. It's like reverse frozen. I don't know. It's like so, there was some gimmick, but uh, Martella, you might remember this. There were Dippin' Dots all over the Ocean City, Maryland boardwalk. Yeah, I've had the fir the first ones I had were at a uh, Dorney Park, like in Dorney one of the Park. arcades, like outside Montgomery the Mall for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Why yeah. would Montgomery they have Mall? Them at, they have them at Dorney Park. You can get a fucking turkey leg and Dippin' Dots on the same trip. <laughs> Fuck, man! Like a real Viking. <laughs> Where the fuck do they sell turkey legs? They sell them at Dorney Park too. Just oh, they okay. sell them near. They sell near the like the mini the log flume for pussies. What? Not the, not the big. What's log wrong with flume. the log flume? Oh, you no, know the, the little river? little one. Yeah. No, the, the little river? log flume. Oh, no, okay. it's in the back. It's in the back near the basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, okay, that one. Wait, the, the one near like the flume. carnival stuff. Jesus Christ. The pussy uh, yeah, further back there, yeah. <laughs> that sounds this like some, that sounds like we should trademark whatever that is, the pussy, and and sell it. Yeah, and then try to sell it to little kids. <laughs> Come ride the pussy. Uh, you, your words, sir. 
That's fucked up. Oh, dude, if you have, I'll be over here and create my own my own uh, ideas for the pussy flume. Pussy flume. Speaking of pussy flume, our guest this week is none other than Scott Signorino of the band Sold. Hey, what's going on, Scott? Same old man. I actually, uh, I'm in Sold. I'm in a band called Time, and I'm also in a band called the Yacht Crashers. Um, nice. So, yeah. Yacht so cr- I've, what yeah, is let's that? Start I've, there, I've listened I to your I'm other not aware bands. of this. Yeah. So uh, Yacht Crashers is, um, I don't know if you guys remember Dull Knives uh, or like Aneurysm Rats or any of those bands, but um, or like Crumbler. Um, mm-hmm. but, oh, okay. uh, but it's... Uh, my buddy Steve and my buddy Kenny, and they were in Dull Knives, uh, also known as Quiet Arcs at one point. Yeah. Jordan, you probably know. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah. basically, uh, about a couple of years ago, uh, Steve, I guess it's a couple of years ago now, Steve sent me a bunch of riffs and he was like, hey, I wrote all this stuff. It sounds like every time I die or like the Bronx or whatever. And I was like, and I wasn't really doing a whole lot except for Sold, which was actually kind of like cooled out for a minute. So me and Austin from Sold uh, got together and we're just like writing a few songs. We don't have a singer. Uh, we practice at Gradwell House in New Jersey, which is like an awesome practice space. And um, we've been doing that for, I guess, since a little bit before the summer. It's like drop C, like just party hardcore stuff. It's it, It's fun. And the riffs are rad. Everything sounds like a suicide file song or something. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So that's that's what I do. Uh that's the yacht crashers. And then time is a bunch of dudes that well, two dudes I was friends with, uh Paul Butterly and John Hunt. And then a couple guys like I don't really know that well, uh, but they lost their bass player. And then I've known Paul and John forever and I like playing with them. So I was like, Hey, do you need some help? And that's the band practice I was at. And then sold is me, John Murphy, Austin Lotz, and Ted Kwan. And that's the band we've been doing for about five years. And we have a record coming out. So oh yeah. Yeah. And the new song is I mean, I've heard, I heard, I think you played the whole thing for me. Yeah, most of it. Um, it's cool. It's like really I guess when Sold started, we didn't really know. We were like, oh, we all kind of like Interpol. And then um out of nowhere, like we wrote this one ep which we played a lot of shows behind probably more shows that i've ever played behind like any release i've been on and then we got together i guess right after my mom died i like had like a couple riffs and i was like hey i know we haven't really done the band because the world ended and you know i lost a family member but can we get together and play some music so we got together over the summer and we cranked out like four or five new songs and then we mixed them with an old recording that we had and then we decided to like kind of just go for broke we're like let's write some synth stuff let's write some dark wave stuff let's like really embrace everybody liking the 80s and um so we kind of went really hard there and there's some songs that aren't really based around guitar at all which is like different for me um completely and and there's some songs that are just really synth forward and there's drum machines. There's like songs with no live drums on them. So it's cool. Like we're really excited to put it out. We have some cool shows coming up and it's going to be nice. I haven't played a gig since uh, March of 2020. I played with desperate living. That was the last desperate living show in uh, Doylestown. 
And that was the last time like I've wow. sat on stage. Yeah, it's been a long time. And uh, I guess you guys have all played once or twice, right? Jordan, you played a show recently. Yeah, stretch. Do yourself yeah. a favor and stretch because you literally, I like, I popped something in my back or I did something and head bagging too hard like an idiot. And I'm pretty sure it still hurts. Like I'm still feeling like a little off in my back and stuff. So no shit. Yeah, you like to get into it too. Not so much the head bag, but you do like that whole like bop and groove thing. Yeah, so the bop and groove. I, I, I highly suggest groove on the pussy flume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this we're selling that. Like we're be, we're building this this industry right here. This John, edit that out. Loosen, um, loosen it up. Loosen it up. Yeah. And definitely don't. <laughs> Fuck man. Um, it's, you guys it's really cool. like every every fucking podcast I have to edit is like a Star Trek episode. It's like a fucking moral quandary that I have to sit through and decide <laughs> like, like what's appropriate to cut you, and what I should you? leave in there. I swear to God, I'm like fucking Captain Janeway every week. It sucks, man. Um, Janeway. Janeway. I watched the yeah. episode uh, where Seven of Nine fights the Rock recently that's way late isn't it that's like yeah i just you guys dwayne johnson yeah yeah dude he rock bottoms her (laughs) i'm not even lying he does in star trek yeah dude the rock bottom (laughs) the finishing move the, yeah, the Rock is like a really established actor now, but you forget when he first started coming in movies, it was just like he would pop up, and you're just like, I can't wait until he rock bottoms somebody. And it happens Dude, that's like I thought that, 90% I thought the, of the time. I thought that Earthquake movie was just going to be an earthquake as a result of him rock bottoming, like somebody robbing a bank <laughs> or something like that. Let me tell you, it happens. If you've, if you've ever seen Fast and Furious 7, very satisfying for that particular reason. Don't, yeah, don't ruin it. That's the next one I've got. <laughs> don't ruin it. I'm on two. <laughs> Are they all available somewhere? I've never seen any of them. I feel like I'm like living under a rock. Like I've never seen a single Dude, fast. John Lowe, John Lowe, and if you're my living roommate. under the rock, you might have gotten hit with a rock. <laughs> Set myself up for that. One. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know anything about family until I started watching these movies, man. So, like, I. Right. What else? We've been talking about too much Fast and Furious lately. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's been. Did we talk about last time? We did. Yeah, yeah. It like yeah, I, nice. <laughs> um, like those movies are awesome, and like the first few are like what you remember. Then like they just get fucking stupid after a while in like the best way. Like they become superheroes. They become like goofy heist movies where they like get the team back together and like goes. Th- it's it's great. You Is it like it Ocean's stuff. Eleven in a car? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like if Ocean's okay, Eleven right. was a Marvel yeah. movie. Ed Vin Diesel and was terrible. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But like I I, self-aware, terrible though. You yeah. Know? Well, I don't know if Vin Diesel is self-aware, but everybody else around him <laughs> seems to be. But I think that's that. That's part of its. Uh, I don't know. That's part Good of its Lord. charm is that like I think that Vin Diesel thinks he's like awesome. Yeah. The whole fair. time. Did you did you guys watch the Woodstock '99 documentary? I like yes. started. Yeah. Oh, so I oh, just. Yeah. I just watched most of it uh, last night, and then um, I think it's really fun. There was one sound clip that I really wanted to zero in on, and this girl was just like, and I think the baby boomers all just need to die. And I was like, that's in a that's in a concert documentary, and I can't say I disagree, um, but it was just, it was really interesting to hear her talk about the reason Woodstock 99 fell apart is because nobody gave a shit about like what, like about, I like we didn't have the peace, anything. love and, you know, harmony. Was, yeah. We didn't have any problems then. And well, then so it was no, like, the real, know, the real, the real cause of everything was new metal. 
Yes, that's what, that's, I guess, that's right? what they yeah. told everybody at least. But yeah, so so it was funny that you looked at they were like you know they only had three female artists. I think it was like Jewel, Alanis Morissette, and uh, Jesus Christ, I don't even remember. Cranberries, that's it. cranberries. No, yeah, they were there. Uh, no, but there was like another solo Cardigans? female. Cheryl uh, Crow. Who's the other one? Cheryl Crow. Okay, Cheryl, but right. Yeah, and it was really interesting watching like Kid Rock and like Corn bookended by like. Alanis Morissette <laughs> and then like Kid Rock coming out and you're just like man the shit you could get away with saying on stage in the 90s is like Kid oh, Rock dear. came out and just he like called Bill Clinton a pimp after saying a bunch of really derogatory shit about Monica Lewinsky and I was like oh my god this is a risk management nightmare and yeah. it was just like, <laughs> to be fair, I'm pretty sure Kid Rock still says that on stage in 2021. Yeah, like, Kid Rock has not changed. <laughs> He's in the Yeah, he basically is. The no. gotta take, someone's got to take over for him. Yeah, yeah. It, I guess it's going to be a guy in a fur coat and red leather pants. Um, Dude, that but, performance, that entrance he made during that Woodstock is legendary. It's so is great. It? Oh, yeah. Man, yeah, like I think it's fur, great. A fur coat oh, no. and like yeah, and someone else grabs and a cane. Yeah, dude, Bad. that like, documentary was awesome, but at the same time, it was kind of like it was very sad, just because they spliced in all the footage of like the like the groping, yeah, and all that, like all the shit. You're just like, we're all like mature adults now, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's fucking awful. Why yeah, would people man. do that? Like the weird thing the, to me, like with that documentary, the big flaw is like they're pointing that out, and then they like interview Moby for a long period of time, who is just like basically a creep, essentially. So it's like yeah, a weird, yeah. a weird call for the voice of reason. Like maybe have like Alanis go through that part or something like that. Like maybe Moby yeah, where was be the moral Atlantis? compass that we're all following necessarily? Yeah, Moby, no, I, Moby's a creep. Yeah, yeah. There's this whole maybe thing with him certain- and Natalie Portman. You should read about it. It's real fucking. Weird. Yeah, he he <laughs> oh, he's also. He's also just like kind of a professional wet blanket too. Like I'm not saying that what he said wasn't absolutely correct, but you're right, just like, right. Moby, shut up. Like you weren't even on. Like, and then he, I think the thing that really invalidated it for me, which like is the reason why I'm calling him a wet blanket, is in the beginning. I think when they they introduce him as a narrator, he's like, and see, my name isn't even on the rock where people all the other band names are. Like I'm just like, really? That's it? What? <laughs> It seemed like he was, yeah, basically it was some serious wah-wah shit and um, nerd. Yeah, but I think to me the, the, the most surprising thing was it felt like at the end, like Sodom and Gomorrah, like people were like rolling around in their own shit and like, they're like, oh, they thought it was mud, but it actually was human excrement. And I was just like, oh, are you serious? Right. So, yeah. And God also turned the them clip- into pillars of salt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. I, I will say like like the, the guy organizing it blaming fred durst is the funniest thing to be in the world it's like yeah. inviting the most wild person you know to a party and being like i can't believe that guy fucked everything up it's like, <laughs> yeah. like it's your fault you invited him fred i do fred durst <laughs> fred durst I, literally was just like i'm gonna take a back seat and be the complete opposite now and now he's just a he's just a he's just a grandpa now basically i uh <laughs> i like was um I was watching a, I forget where I saw this, but apparently he's a really approachable celebrity. Um, there was like some, it. somebody that was just like walking next to like a bank in LA and he was getting into like his Lambo and someone was like, 
yo, Fred, what's up with that new Limp Biscuit? And Fred Durst got out of his car and like made a point to actually talk to the guy about it. I don't think the guy actually gave a shit. I think he was asking just to be ironic, but I was like, oh, what a nice guy. I would have thought Fred Durst would have been like, fuck you. Like, but he didn't at all. So <laughs> you, you thought he would just be rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah, yeah like a chainsaw. Yay, that's what he says when he goes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to take it to the Matthews Bridge. <laughs> have you seen it? Have you seen his any of his movies that he's directed? No, isn't he? Is is it like I feel like the jury's out? Is he bad or is he good? I don't. I don't even know. So I as never a saw. So he wrote something like the uh, with what's his name who played uh, who was in Zombieland. Um, Woody Harrelson, not Woody Harrelson. The 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 weird neurotic guy. Oh, oh, Jesse they, Eisenberg. Yeah, Jesse other Eisenberg. Michael Sarah, oh, yeah. Other Michael Sarah, yeah. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I forget, I forget. He did some movie with him. And then, then, which I have not seen that movie, but then his 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 like core de force is uh, this movie called The Fanatic, starring John Travolta and Devin Sawa. And I have Devin uh, Sawa. Wow. <laughs> Idle hands. Yeah. So Devin Sawa is like a celebrity in this movie, and then and then as opposed uh, to real life. Yeah, and then I uh, <laughs> got him. Idle hands uh, a long time ago. Yeah. What's it? John Travolta is like this, like socially uh, awkward fanatic of his. Okay. I, I don't. I doesn't sound yeah, like something I'm gonna watch. No, you, I I recommend everybody just see it as as just like. I don't he's, know. He's mentioned it on the podcast like five times already. Yeah. This is number. What's six. the movie called? The Fanatic. Yeah, I'm actually looking at his IMDb right now. Uh, He directed The Fanatic. He directed a movie called The Long Shots, starring Ice Cube. Uh, All right. um, The Education of Charlie Banks. That's the one. That's the Jesse Eisenberg one. Jesse Eisenberg one. Uh, I feel like I saw that. That was like one of the, like, that's an early movie I remember seeing just all the time on on Netflix. I like like how... I like how Limp Biscuit kind of lined up like that Woodstock documentary and then the Fred Durst looking like he was like the old dude in Miami Vice look. Yeah. And then and then they did the Lollapalooza show and it was like it, it was I watched the footage. It was it was a great show. And then I think they started doing was a couple shows and then no, I thought it was great. And well, I'm a big one biscuit guy anyway. Anyway, but then they kept on doing a couple shows. I am a big one biscuit guy. Um, they kept on doing a couple shows, and I guess like Fred and all them were just like, this doesn't seem very safe right now. And then they just stopped, they just stopped the whole tour, which is kind of ballsy because they were riding on a huge high, they could have made a lot of money, sure. I really liked the first Limp Bizkit record when I was in high school. Um, I thought it was the heaviest thing I'd ever heard. And yeah, I remember like, and I went back and listened to it recently and I was like, you know, if they just put this out and then went away, I would be like, (laughs) I would be like, you know, this wasn't that bad. And then like, they didn't go on tour of like sick of it all or some shit. Cause like I saw a video of them playing at Warp Tour and they all were wearing sick of it all basketball jerseys, which was like, (laughs) amazing and i was like you know i could see that in the melting pod that was the late 90s yeah like sick of it all limp is kit biohazard well, the and the death the whole, thing. they were all on warp tour they're all on warp tour yeah um well yeah, that's the other thing like, is the e-town concrete don't they say like that everybody said that like they stole e-town concrete's thing who limp is it yeah that was like, not, I, think I think they stole suicidal tendencies thing and mixed it with like 
I don't know, whatever. But I think that he was definitely like Mike from Suicidal Tendencies LARPing throughout that entire first album of that band. Yeah. Um, it I mean, sounds kind like, of awesome, too. Like, it sounds super raw. Yeah. I think that was when Ross Robinson was like, because he did the first corn record and then he did that one. And then he also at the same time did that first glass jaw record. And all three of those sound like dirty as hell. And like, everything's just in the red, like the whole time. And then like, then Limp Bizkit came out with the next one where he's like on the cover or whatever. And it's significant other. Yeah. And then he's doing like duets with Christina Aguilera and you're like, this sucks. And you you know, I don't know. Actually it was method man, but that's okay. (laughs) No, didn't he do something with Christina Aguilera at the VMAs? Oh no. Uh, No, he uh, called her out at like a ton for the next like five years on like every other song. He's like, Christina Aguilera, I want to, I want to get you. Or something like yeah. like crap like that. You know, you know what I mean? That documentary. Did He's trying to be Eminem. He's trying to be new new metal Eminem. You know what I mean? True. That documentary did a good job of like catching the weirdness of that time period where like yeah. TRL wars were taking place, oh, and it's like like yeah. I, I, I was definitely guilty. Like I would like like hit the TRL lineup and be like, Yo, you gotta play Corn. It's gotta yeah, be fuck, Backstreet fuck Boys you, Backstreet today. Boys, bitches. You know, like <laughs> what a it weird was, like, thing. It was really weird too. Thinking about like when I watched the Woodstock '99 documentary, and then like I watched the crowd, I was like, "Yo, these were the same people that definitely picked on me in 11th oh, grade yeah. for liking this shit, and mm. now they're here with their fucking white baseball hats on backwards. Fuck those guys!" And like it was just for fights, know. yeah, yeah. Luca shell necklaces. Yeah, although that was like I don't know, like like I feel like there was a weird triangulation between like Incubus, Three Eleven, and Lacrosse players, in which that was more like the Puka <laughs> Shell Nuggets crowd, I think. Um, Yo, that's so. Funny. <laughs> it's true. There's things attract like magnets to each Holy other. Holy shit! Sure. Yeah, I just think I'd of say- some dude doing like the roll thing with a lacrosse stick. Like, yeah, absolutely. As like as hard as playing in the band, background. But- um it was funny i was thinking before i got on this i was like oh i wonder if they're gonna ask me about the doylestown scene and then so scott (laughs) (laughs) here we are so yeah we are i I mean it's it's gonna happen (laughs) okay well i was thinking about it on the way home and i was like you know i actually it's very limited to like one year for me because I was only really around from like 2002 to 2003. And then I left to go to college. So I like wasn't around during like the Moose Lodge days. Like, I mean, I came back and saw the shows and bands I was in played them sometimes. But um, I was also thinking about like how standoffish shit felt compared to like when I lived there. And we were like, you know, we played like people's houses or the teen center or like whatever. And everybody was like boys. And then something happened and then when the um the moose lodge started having shows and siren records started having shows it was like there was a, 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 a line of demarcation between like the two groups of people and it was like for about five six years it was like really weird to be around doyle's style. like certain people didn't go to certain people's shows certain people didn't like each other and i was like what the fuck happened yeah. i don't know 
I think back yeah. on that often, and like I'm kind of like conflicted about it. But I think a lot of it just because like that Mooselage era specifically, and like the end of the Siren era too, like that like Doylestown kind of like blew up as a scene at that time period, right? Yeah, like hundred like, percent. Just between like all like Let Down and Mother Mercy and those bands doing well, and then like the emerging like indie Bal- rock bands like Balance and stuff like that, like Circuit Survive, Erection Kids would be around there. then too, right? Like, yeah. Like when you, whenever you have a huge influx of people like that, and the scene just like increases in volume that much, like there's always going to be dividing lines and stuff like that. And you know, I don't even remember exactly what the fucking picket lines were in retrospect, but like there definitely were some. I right? just remember like it was like people that liked. Like I was talking to Chad Hoffman the other day and I was like the other day, maybe like a few months ago. And I was like, you know, for me, for hardcore, like I came into hardcore or whatever through like the metal door. Mm-hmm. And then like some people came in through the punk door. And I think that's where like, where it kind of like, cause then like the guys that came in through the metal door probably weren't straight edge. And like right. the guys that came in through the punk door more often than not kind of were. Um, and, and I feel like there was like, no one actually said there was beef, but there was absolutely people that did not like each other that liked each other like eight months prior. And it was just right. weird. And small town um, shit, man. It's definitely like small town shit. And I think another thing about it was that like I think like the 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 fact that we had so many good bands in that in that time and that were in both those eras, you had so many people coming in. I think you had a lot more people coming in from like outside to Doylestown. That's good. That's that, a good point. Yeah. That might have had like an effect on it. Too. right so at one point yeah, where, where people would have like, like made up and like got back together instead they had other people coming in behind them you know what i mean to like to like create the yeah. battle lines in a way but i, I will say it, it was, was the, the metal cool and punk though. thing is an interesting thing because that there's definitely truth to that and it's like interesting to think that like kind of like how that's kind of like that line is blurred completely pretty much like like i definitely came in through metal and pretty much most of us did for the most part and now it's like i would rather listen to chubby and the gang than like i don't know like any kind of like super mosh metal stuff jabalba yeah yeah, yeah it's like, weird. like i don't know for, Dude, i just listen to that new turnstile just non-stop now i uh i like wound up mostly being in like punk bands i mean i always really liked punk and like i always like you know, was one of the, like, I knew how to play fast, like, all the time, and so, like, I just wound up being in punk bands, and, like, just by proxy, every band I'm in with Murphy, we're like, it's gonna be a screamo band, and then, nope, it just winds up being a weird punk band every time, and, um, and so, it's kind of like, I've never actually, although, Jordan, you and I did play before I had to move back to Dwellstown, and we almost started a metal band together, that was fun. I think that wound up becoming Snake yeah. Road eventually, um, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Snake Road, damn. Yeah. Uh, snake but Drive. Then, like, yeah. A, a, <laughs> yeah, a lifetime snake, ago. Snake Avenue. Um, but then, uh, <laughs> you know, circle. I guess we, I guess we did Cosmonaut. That was pretty metal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. It's. I was like thinking about that, and I was like, you know, I played a couple shows at the Moose Lodge, uh, but and I played like well ton of shows at siren but i still never felt like part of this scene then because i guess because i didn't live there anymore right. and um so it's, for me it was like when i first was in kidnapping Lindbergh with like <laughs> and all those dudes that was like what what felt like the doylestown scene to me um and then afterward it just felt like a bunch of angry kids and i was just like get the fuck out of here so well, um well yeah. think about it scott so back then we didn't really have any venues you know we had the team no. center we had people's houses basements 
And I think your era is a tiny bit older than us. So you guys were more inviting because you guys also grew up with like no venues in the area. So what happened was when we started getting all these venues and we started driving, we, we started flying a ton at the schools. So we started bringing in all these all these younger kids and we had so many younger kids coming to teen center shows and then uh meadows started coming and like he opened up siren and then the moose lodge and then we had so much stuff that like it was kind of oversaturated in a way and there's so many people that you're like oh and like at and at our age too we were like all like kind of like walking with like our like chins held high you know what i mean like oh this is yeah totally now. man and that kind of sucks in a way <laughs> that kind of sucks in a way. Um, but at the same time, that was like the 2002 to 2003. It was like the golden era. It was, I feel like. Yeah. That's kind of like when I was there. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah. Cause I wouldn't say that. I would say well, the golden era of Doylestown is like, I think it's the begin. I think it's the beginning of the golden era. I would say. I, I think even though even regardless of beef, I think the best time period for for Doylestown music is like the late 2010s. Like I, I don't even know. Like you know, there's so many like more. actual big bands came out of the area from that time period. True, but like I will say um, from, yeah, from Scott's perspective, like, I do I do like this idea that basically you guys got us into like good music only to watch us just fight about it later. <laughs> it's like a funny <laughs> conceptually. Well, I didn't get anybody in anything. Um, so I think the only thing I got people into was like smoke pot at my house in philadelphia um so <laughs> yeah. um so Definitely the, uh, did a lot of that yeah. what yeah. a wild what a wild night yeah that was yeah, there which was one pretty, yeah there's a lot of them um the shadow of but, colossus uh, night oh, yeah, oh, what man. a game man <laughs> Um, <laughs> I still but, have the remaster somewhere. So I, I think we should just go through that. At, at the end of like, after a show or something like that, I think, I, fr I know it was me and Deanna, I forget who else was there, but we like just, we're, we were like at a show Mark. with Drexel. And Mark was definitely there, yeah. And we 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 just like yeah. stopped by randomly after a show, and you're like, I guess you can come over and play the Shadow of Colossus and I'm on the last boss. And we're like, cool, whatever, we'll come over. And we got like <laughs> fucked up. And then I just remember watching Scott, yeah. like, climbing this fucking massive Colossus. The last boss of that game is some epic shit if you've never played it before. And Scott just, like, it was so dangling cool. on his hair on the top of his head as it swings him around, holding his PlayStation controller, yelling, Give this to me! I can't believe I ever had a girlfriend. Dude, amazing. Yeah, so, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I the late, like the late 2010s, I could see that. I think like the thing about Doylestown versus Lansdale was like when I was younger, like I guess I graduated high school in 2000. Lansdale always had shows. Like there were always shows at Lansdale because there was like awesome bands there, like Inkling and then later the Minor Times and then 13 PFP and Chine and like all these really cool bands. And they always had shows because they had the Knights of Columbus. I for like third and Walnut. They had a bunch of different places in Doylestown. We only ever had a show when Lenape let us put one on. And like, it was always like scrub high school bands. Cause like, this is like probably the, the late nineties, I guess maybe. Yeah. Like 98 to 2000. And it was like, none of our bands were as nearly as good as like your guys bands were because we didn't play out ever and so there was no impetus to become like really good bands whereas like in Lansdale 
all those bands smoked our bands. I think the only time I ever saw like a good band was when I saw like Justin Goldman's band. Bedwetters? <laughs> no, Senile City Reunion. I went and saw that. And oh I was like, yeah, dude, this... they were so good. I was like, this sounds like a real band. <laughs> I was like 18 or something like that. Cause all like, you know, and then I think from that point forward, when to your point, when we started getting venues and stuff, like everybody practiced more also like the internet was more pervasive so there was like cabs everywhere and then like people just like our bands just got like better by proxy right. um but the if you would ask my opinion i always thought the lansdale scene pre siren records like always their bands always smoked ours um one million fucking percent oh yeah we've, yeah we've, we've gone on record as saying that i believe that we yeah that the remember, lansdale like, scene is just you know yeah, I, the first time I ever saw like the minor times, I was just like, holy shit, wait, these yeah. are guys my age. And it was it was ridiculous. Um, and like even like the first time I ever saw a life once lost, uh, I was just like, yo, because those were bands that played all the time. And I don't know, like it, it was just like it was just interesting to see like the, the, the talent or the skill jump from like people my age to like people, your guys age. It was just like uh, an order of magnitude better, um, you know? Uh, and I don't know why that is, but it's cool. It's cool to be from a town. that's like had so much talent come out of it. And it's like weird. That it was like a lightning rod, like for I think five, it's just because people became more competitive with each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, beef actually did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah, it's somebody else said that too. That it was like maybe everybody's band was good because like you didn't want to suck because for a yeah. minute there there was like two hundred kids coming to every show, oh, and yeah. if you suck, you were gonna find out about it on Zanga Leader. You know, like, <laughs> and then you were gonna write about it on Zanga, and you'd be like, "Man, today fucking sucked. My fucking band got made fun of on the centerfuse message board." Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Two e props. Yeah, yeah it, it, the, e the Zanga thing is rough too because it's like it's not like a tweet where somebody just says like you suck or something. It's like they write a fucking novel about how shitty oh, yeah. their day was because you fucked it up with your shitty. Yeah. Band. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Do you remember that thing that was like big on Zanga? It was like. Leave your name here, and I'll tell you what I really think about you. Oh, oh. <laughs> I remember. I or the remember, "Tell Me How Hot I Am" one. I think there was. I too. don't remember like, that. Um, but I remember I came home, and Kurt had commented on Ian Moggs. Ian Mogg did something like that, and he called him like Scott Ian Mogg. But he thought he meant Scott, like, say what you really think about Scott. And he trashed me. And I was like, dude, I let you, I let you drive my car when you had your learner's permit. What the fuck did I do? Oh and, like, it was like, and then later, obviously, like, he apologized for it. Like, when we became friends on Facebook, I was like, dude, I don't give a shit. But at the time, I was, like, crestfallen. I was like, yo, what? But I just remember that that was like a big thing. It was like, leave your name in the comments and I'll tell you what a wanker I think you are. Yeah. I know. Was, was it, wasn't Crestfallen a band from that era too? Yeah, I think so. Everybody I was think into... They were like a majority rule spinoff or something yeah. like that. Yeah. What's up with Crestfallen? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, that was the, the, the Zanga times were great. Um, and then all these people made fake Zangas where it would be like, 
you would just pick somebody to bully. I mean, I never did, but I definitely remember some of those <laughs> were were pretty were pretty brutal. Like people and, would yeah. just bully people on their own personal one. I don't know anyone who would do that. Yeah. But oh yeah, no. That no. happened. I feel like yeah, we that. we lived through the most brutal area of bullying. I feel like I mean that's probably like tough to say because like there's so much more I don't available know. now. But like I just think the shit that people said to each other during that time period, particularly in our area, was just fucking brutal. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yes. at, like th- there was no like cap on like hate speech at the time, and there should have been absolutely. I'm not saying that like as a, it's a good thing, but like it was like shit that people said to each other was fucked up. And like yeah. having a channel like Zanga where you just come at each other and it was like new. It was just like just this like, visceral shit. They didn't censor it at all. You know what I mean? It's well, it also me. like if, they, if you insulted somebody, it would be like. It's not like you're just busting somebody's balls. It's like, no. it was like somebody would, somebody be like, I, I want to say something that makes this fucking dude go home and like he doesn't fall asleep. Yeah. No, he just, he like, keeps thinking about it. I, I was thinking about like the Doylestown scene. Like, I guess I'm sure everybody's had this like kind of evaluation of their own behavior ever since like, you know, we as men uh, are kind of dealing with reckoning with our own past behavior. And John, I think, uh, John Lowe, I think you've said this to me before, like you're somebody that lives in your past self, so am I. Um, So when you kind of like audit all this stuff that you used to do and or used to say when you were like a younger man, it's really cringe. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And why did I think that was okay? And like, if you could meet yourself now or meet that version of you now, you would like, yeah. I'd want it's to beat more, the shit out of myself. It's dude. mortifying. And like, Seriously. I think about like the shit we said online about each other or about whatever. And it's just like, ugh. Um, it's, it's definitely good that that's like left in the past. And, you know, uh, I like, I firmly believe that like, you know, hardcore punk, whatever uh, has done amazing things for me personally. But I think like, you know, whatever kind of toxicity we can get rid of like from that whole just that kind of machismo that super masculinist bullshit like see you later you know like yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah speaking um, of yeah. behavior from that time period let's talk about cosmos a little bit <laughs> oh yeah that yeah. was fun that I was think a back- fun band yeah, I think back on that band like really positively as like a fun experience for us, and that. But then I think back and I'm like, man, I was a fucking asshole then, like real bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't think so because I was just like, oh, it's just like me, you, Mark, and and I guess whether it was JVD at one point or Martello at a different point, like just getting drunk and playing these like drop A riffs. Um, it was rad. I, I'm glad we did it. Uh, you know, it was cool to like. Mark and I always talked about doing bands together and it was like sick to finally have like a recorded product with like, you know, my like best friend and roommate at the time. And, but yeah, like there were definitely times where I was like, Oh wow. We ripped pages out of a Bible on stage at a VFW. Oh, why did we do that? But that's not what they got pissed. That's not why they got pissed off at us. It was because some, some veteran dude didn't like that. We had a song called skull spangled banner. Was that what it was? I thought that was the real reason, or was it a combination of? Because <laughs> we played, the, we always okay. played that song last, and it was like yeah. I think that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Like, what that the guy fuck was the did he just? Whole time. 
I just remember Mike Pallone got on stage and said one of my most favorite things ever. He was like, I guess when you get back from the war, you just get to be a fucking asshole to everybody. Oh, and I was oh, like, God. God damn it, Mike. Rest in Why power, did you? Mike, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. We were definitely shitheads and like that probably wasn't cool then either that was super cringy um, yeah, yeah i mean the shows have been cool off and on then. at the vfw since then and i like i always feel some level of responsibility for that oh, you know what i mean like to this day it's kind of crazy sure yeah i know uh, absolutely i was so um, sick at that show too i was ter- i was I, w- I had like some kind of i had some kind of like head cold or some shit and i remember we played and then the tradition to do after lansdale shows back in the day was to go to michael's diner yeah and totally. Nick drove. Nick drove because we took the we took the dead again van. I remember big, which is also the which is also the all else failed van. Yep. 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 Uh, and we went to Michael's diner, and I was like, "Dude, I gotta go home." And he's like, "Nah, man." <laughs> the Nick Nah man. <laughs> I need to go to sleep and take like Nyquil. Nah. Uh, Let's not go good. get chicken fingers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nick is kind of unflinchingly rigid when he doesn't want to do something, or when he thinks like you're uh, you're you're better off than you actually are. Where he'll hit you with one of his, "You're fine, it's fine," and you're just like, "No, Nick, it's really not." Like I'm gonna throw up. And he's like, "Yeah, I almost shit my pants." He's like, "No, nah, you'll be fine, man. You'll make it." <laughs> fucking waddling around and shit just like turtle is coming out dude he's, he's so glib about it i love it it's just like there's no arguing you're like i guess oh man all right Nick. i guess that's spot. it <laughs> i guess we're that's be, it we're gonna be late nick is spoken <laughs> um so when i love that. I, Nick's, Nick's yeah me too man i remember <laughs> we did a sore saints like little run with psychic teens it was like three days um and the last day we played in Boston and like, we were all hammered because like sore saints, all we did was drink. We drank, 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 drank. And it was like me, oh, yeah, you were in the car too. It was me, you, cause you came along to do merch or whatever. And then like LaFontaine and then Murphy in the back and Nick's up front driving, trying to like navigate around Boston. And then somebody put like Queen or something on, and we're all singing along on the radio. And he flips the radio off, turns around, he's like, "Hey, shut the fuck up!" And he was like the most angry I've ever seen him. Like he was so mad that he was freaking like jerked the steering wheel. I was like, "Oh my god, I've never seen Nick this angry." I was like, "I'm getting yelled at by someone." I puke, so- I puked yeah, the first day because I ate Godfather pizza. Yeah, you threw up all over that girl's parking lot. R.I.P. Herman Pizza. R.I.P. Herman Kane. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that was that was a trip. Uh, Wait, <laughs> what's Godfather Pizza have to do? What is that? And what is Herman Kane? Right? No, we played we played in New Brunswick, <laughs> and then uh, and then Martello, I guess, uh, ate some Godfather Pizza when we were on our way back to uh, these people who were like kind enough to like let us crash with them and martello ate godfather pizza on the back end of like drinking a 12 pack and managed to just hurl all over this girl's parking lot we got out of the van i'm like all right you ready to go and he's just like (laughs) (laughs) what now where does herman kane come into the story he was the he was the ceo of, of godfather pizza Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Godfather I Pizza's a chain, oh, and then Herman Cain. Yeah. That's what. That's like what he was running on in the presidential race. He was like, 
you know, that, that's when the big, like, the, the country's a business, and it needs to be run like a business. And then he died of COVID. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Jesus. Um, uh, sorry. yeah. Well. <laughs> I I'm sorry. Yeah, like, what's up? See you later. Sorry. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to make it sound like that. There's more, there's more story. He sold pizza, then he died. Um, <laughs> that was actually a eulogy week. at this funeral. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best eulogy. Um, the so, best like, spe- funeral. So, so uh, I guess um, speaking of eulogies, uh, so as you guys know, like my mom passed away like last June, and it was it sucked. Uh, Sorry to hear about your mom, by the way, Scott. Oh Amen. yeah, dude. Thanks. I I think all you guys have met my mom, uh, yeah. John, at your wedding. I think. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, That's she. Yeah, so she uh, smoked for like five billion years, and we kept telling her, uh, like, hey, like even before I quit smoking, uh, we were like, let's get that checked out. She coughed constantly, and then um, it was like last February, I think, she was like in constant pain, and there was no elective surgeries because there no elective procedures because of COVID, and uh, so she was like just in pain, and we thought like, oh, it's musculoskeletal, whatever. It turns out like. She had cancerous lesions on her liver that like had eventually like spread into her brain and her spine. They were in her bones. It was all over her lungs. She lasted like five and a half weeks uh, after she was diagnosed. And then she, we brought her home uh, and she died on a Sunday. And it was like brutal because like we um, like we couldn't ever see her when she was like in the hospital and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we had to like send her to a nursing home so she could finish her radiation. And then immediately like she died in front of me and my wife and my dad, like in our living room. And that's like, just not something anybody should ever have to see. And it's, and yeah. And like, I was kind of, I was my, you know, I don't have brothers or sisters. So I was like my mom's healthcare proxy. So I was like scheduling her care and dealing with the bills and like talking to like family it just sucked and it was like one of those things where like oh that's like one of those moments that like is a pivotal moment you know where you're like oh now i'm a completely different person because of this traumatic experience um but yeah it sucked uh yeah it it absolutely sucked um (laughs) it uh was like the defining moment of of last year obviously uh aside from the pandemic and just kind of compounded and made everything a lot worse um but you know uh it taught me i guess like what the fuck i made of and like what i can handle and like you know i now know that i can like bet on myself a little bit um because that was a lot to deal with (laughs) and you know like without a whole lot of help from like immediate family so but i appreciate it and i'm glad you guys got to meet my mom she was like super cool uh, she always let everybody like chill at our house. I think she knew that we were doing drugs on our back porch, but she just didn't say anything. Uh, or she pretended like that. She didn't know that we were, but, uh, she was always down to like, always have my friends over, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been rough, you know, but say yeah. love You're a strong dude, Scott. No, you know, I'm trying. Um, yeah, I'm trying, you know, uh, and you know it is what it is uh you know my pain isn't worse than anybody else's but i appreciate it 
Yeah, it's uh, you know we've only like really talked over text pretty much over the past year. Like I don't think I've seen you other than your wedding, your Zoom wedding, basically. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, to see like talking to you now and kind of seeing how you came out on the other side is like inspiring, honestly. Like that's oh, thanks, that's, some, man. that's some real shit, dude. Like honestly, I'm very very proud of uh, how you're handling things and how yeah, it's like yeah there's like it's weird um you know when like i'll be 40 in october so that's like a weird thing to say but mm. um like when uh i evaluate like a good decade of my life like probably like 20 now nah, probably longer than that like i wasn't stoked on who i was from like 20 to like say you know me probably like a year before i got engaged and like um it like took getting sober and like having to like go through my mom like dying and like all this other shit to be like oh you know you kind of like realize like 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 you said where you like live in your past self and you you constantly evaluate that version of yourself it's like nice to kind of slowly let that go um Mm -hmm. although like i think the catholic in me will never truly be able to but um (laughs) But, um, you know, it's good to kind of be like, oh, yeah, I was kind of a big piece of shit. And uh, I, like, didn't always tell the truth about stuff. And, like, I was trying to, like, be a cool guy. And, like, I really wasn't. And now I kind of, it's weird because, like, I kind of don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. And it is, yeah. So um, I never thought I would ever be, like, a positive guy. But, um, you know, here I am, I guess. Dude, that's what's uh, up, man. I mean, like, I can't say that I, I look back and I have the, I can't say that I've gone to the point where I don't give a fuck anymore. But I will say mm-hmm. that, like, I at least look back on, like, the way I used to act and the way I used to treat people. And I at least use it as, like, a, a I use it as, like, an example in my head of how not to act now instead of, like, harping on it. I, like, use it as, yeah. a, as a way to be better, essentially. And that helps out a lot. So, yeah, man. Like, I'm not going to, exactly, exactly. And I feel like I'm not ever going to say like i didn't alienate you know some pretty important people to me because of like the way that like i behaved and i don't know if those people are ever going to come back and like the end of the day it's kind of like um you know like something i picked up in aa is that like time heals a lot of stuff and like uh and like all i can kind of do is like kind of write the ship for me um and that's just kind of like where i'm at right now and also why i started getting so busy with music because i was like well this is the one thing I know that like I'm okay at and like, I can just like disappear into this thing. And yeah. Um, I kind of channeled all that anxiety into like these three different projects I have going on right now. And, um, I also picked up regular guitar. I need to take one of your guitar lessons. Um, we could talk about that. Yeah. 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 Jordan, I have a couple spots for you too. If you need one. Oh, I have, don't you worry about me. Dude, he knows how to play guitar, <laughs> all right, man. I can tell you Good what. Good one. Yeah, I can play, like, the intro to the Taking Back Sunday song, I oh, think. Yeah. That's a yeah. One. Which one? Your lipstick is colored. Yeah. That, that, that the song? Yeah. Okay. Although I think we got a lot better when that other guy joined. Yeah. When, the, when Fred from yeah. Breaking Pangea joined, they became a much better band. Oh, Where opinion. You Want to Be is a much better album than the first one. 100%. Speaking 100%. Of which, if you're thinking about taking guitar lessons with me, you can actually hit up Fred and he'll teach you guitar lessons and he's much better than I am. 
Oh, does he does he teach guitar too? Yeah, he teaches. Uh, I actually I was talking when I first started teaching. I was talking to Vince Harvcore, the guy who put out our records. Sure. And he like yeah he I was like yeah if you like I know like I know you already kick ass at guitar but if you ever want to jam out let me know and he's like actually I'm on my way to guitar lesson right now with with Fred and I'm like oh fuck well don't talk to me then <laughs> so I really like his way of playing guitar and I feel like him and Jordan you know like Paul Butterly uh they all kind of like are kind of like the same guy where it's like oh you guys like quicksand and cave it and it's like. You guys play suspended chords and you do the uh, thing on the G string at like G sharp. And like, I'm like, that's, and it's, that that's, it's great. Cause like, that's kind of like how I know how to play guitar is like, like somebody who's where bass was my first instrument. Like, um, you know, uh, but it's cool. Like my wife got me an SG for, for my birthday and oh, it's, yeah. I was playing a five hundred dollar Ibanez before that, and the difference is like an abyss. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I will have to hit you up because my bar chords are terrible. Okay. Yeah. You know who's Not better, like you know who's, you know who's better than Paul. Who's that? Paul's dad. Do you know he's Listen actually to... he's cutting a record with his dad at Cradwell. They're gonna oh, just okay. do a couple songs together. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, so Paul's awesome. gonna play rhythm and his dad's gonna fuck shit up. Cause his dad fucking can play his ass off, man. And Tim is also Tim. really good. Yeah, Tim. but the dad the dad is he's he's got the, the bloops, man. He's yeah, old like, school, man. But he's I was classic rocks. Like, I like looked at their uh, the bloopity bloops, man. I was just like, why is your whole family good at stuff? I don't this right. sucks. Everybody in my family's terrible at everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my family's only good at like Jeopardy. That's about that's about the only skills we have is like fucking yeah. playing along with you know R.I.P. Alex. But my dad's good at math, I guess. Um, my mom's yeah, really yeah. yeah yeah. My mom's a really good waitress. Scott, I mean, Scott, same. you're my Scott, you're my favorite. I, this is kind of not out of left field, but you are probably my favorite um, Doylestown, like local, like bassist of all time. You're oh, you're thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. just the way you just the way you play it is just you just make it like a like a full instrument, not just like some <laughs> instrument that someone some guitarist is forced to play in a band. You know what I mean? you have an art about it and Thanks, i really enjoyed man. that about your playing i uh i started off playing bass because the kid up the street for me didn't want to and the he lived across the street from you martello um this guy oh, yeah, we, means we should we, we didn't say that scott and i like literally have known each other since like what uh 1990 something <laughs> like that man. 1991 wow. yeah uh the kid that grew up, like, yeah. lived right across the street from you he we were like listening to like, I don't know, Metallica one or something. He's like, let's do a bed. And I was like, cool. And uh, so I like saved up and I got a bass because he wanted to play guitar. And then I always wound up in bands in high school with people that didn't actually want to play, but like had a guitar. So I wound up just overcompensating and then um, learning part of the suicide machines record is really where I oh, got hell yeah got my stuff and that and the tool album with the eyeballs on it um that That's one good, yeah. then i was like you know what i really like this like because it's like you're using your full hand there's melody there's harmony and then um 
I always like kind of looked at like bass, like you really should be matching what the singer and the drum set does if you play in a melodic band, because like yeah. the guitar is going to do its own thing, but the singing, like you can, if you can write a bass line that goes along with the vocalist and also like fits in the one and the three and the two and the four, then like, then you did your job. And then to like, I also took lessons, a couple of them anyway, with Liam from Dillinger Escape Plan. He lives here in, uh, in Fishtown and a couple of years back. And he explained to me that like, he looks at bass as like blocking for touchdowns. Like if they can hear you, you're not doing it right. And meaning that like, if it's out of place, then like, like the bass should never be the star of the show. It should be like a supporting cast member, but that doesn't mean just playing root notes. It means that like you should enhance everything else in the band. And yes. And it's uh, it's interesting to me when I hear people say that bass is easier than guitar because I don't think it is at all. Because it's completely different. Well, if you fuck up on a bass at a show, everyone hears it. Like if you play yeah. the like, there's a wrong bass note or you fall out of time, like it's glaringly obvious. Whereas like with a guitar, as long as you play the root note and like I don't know the nah, you're good. As long as you're being covered by the rhythm set. And that was like, cause like when I, cause I started, I played bass for, for, for a hot second. Yeah. I remember and I was in a, I was in a band too. And I, I do remember back then when you remember, remember back then. Yeah. <laughs> was it like a year and a half ago? Yeah. Something like that. It was, pr- <laughs> no, it was like, a, yeah, it was like a year and a half ago. It was like but, a pandemic ago. Yeah. Um, as someone who just like, you know, as someone who just like fucks around and guitar every once in a while, Going from like drums to bass was was very natural feeling. Sure, and it it, it is it's it just even you know it's rhythm, but it even feels like percussive to play at the same time. And I was like, it's like damn, I I I get it now. Like this is different. I I always feel like so. There's like 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 four dudes that like I've always been like yo at bass, and it was like Caleb from Caden. Cause it was like, so like lyrical, like everything he played was so just like perfect for whatever it is that band was doing in all of the eras, like whether it was like the metal shit or like the rock and roll stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the dude from Interpol, I was like the stuff he would write over just these like little, like double stopped guitar, like these like major seventh chords or whatever was just like ridiculous. And I was like, it, it sounded almost like a, like a disco kind of backing track you know kind of going along there and then like the dude from quicksand was so like with the right hand was so just like pummeling um and like uh and like the dude from the clash like those four guys like where it was just kind of like oh this is like where i want to kind of like lay down with playing bass and um it's cool because like i never run out of people to jam with because bass is my first instrument whereas like if i came in with a guitar I would sound like eighth grade. So it's like, it's, it's kind of good to be to it's, it, I'm glad that you pointed that out Dion. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's kind of ironic. You're saying earlier that like, you think that people from our generation are like better players, but like when we definitely started playing in bands, like you were one of the dudes that everybody looked up to. Cause you were like the dude in our area who was like, like more than competent at their instrument. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it was tight. The, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, I, feel like i never i never felt that way but also like only because like i feel like with like music right it's like um you're never gonna know how to do all of it like so 
here's a for instance and i know you hate jazz music uh but but i think the guitar parts are like really interesting and like you can like learn a lot about melody and harmony from them because there's so much going on in just one chord um and that's something i've never learned how to play so i was like you know what i'm gonna learn instead of learning this like refused song i'm gonna learn how to play these jazz shapes and it's very humbling and i feel like music is something that you need to be like humbled by to get better at it um it's the same thing with any art really uh but especially music because it's so physical um and i think that that's like just something i always tried to chase um i never tried to really be like satisfied with what it is i was doing i guess with an instrument so um yeah that's cool that that's really there was a lot of really talented people like everybody in this chat was good at what they did uh musically uh whether it's like you know dion you fronting a band jordan you know you and john here with guitar and like martello obviously like we've played in bands with you as a rhythm section before um i just think there was a lot of really talented guys or well actually people in general from doyle sound with music like i think about like van dyne and it's like I don't even understand like how he can do that for so long on the drums. It's insane. Um, You know, and there's a lot of that from back home, you know, (laughs) I will say, I think about some of the Lansdale guys sometimes who are like, like the, uh, like Matt Buckley comes to mind and uh, what's his name from uh, uh, Nick from like Wonder Years and stuff. Those guys that are like good at like seven instruments for some fucking reason. Yeah. That shit always fucks with me. Like yeah. being really good at one thing I get, but like those guys who just pick up, uh, Kyle Kimball's like that as far as Doylestown people too. It's like, they just pick Brian up Medlin. Yeah. They're just Brian. like, play guitar yeah. really well. I play drums really well. Like that's, that's it was, <laughs> it was funny. Cause like there was a time when we were doing desperate living where like, JVD couldn't show off their practice a couple times. And like, I was like, fuck, I guess we can't jam. And Brian's like, I play drums. And I was like, that's right. And you're amazing. Yeah. I was like, mm. that's right. You're who John stole all this stuff from. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, no, but it was like, it's, it's crazy. And even Tim Leo too, like those guys were, it was like great to be able to like play in a band for however short that was with guys from the minor times because that was the band i obviously looked up to big time from back home um and it was like just really interesting to watch like how those people worked musically because they're older than me and they're way better at everything than i'll ever be so it's like interesting to watch them do that um uh and like just their command over songwriting and stuff like that is just really awe-inspiring that last Desperate Measures, or Desperate Measures, <laughs> that great band too. <laughs> the last yeah. Desperate Living EP is really fucking awesome. I, like, yeah, I really thanks. love that. It's so Is good. that uh, City Sadness, the one with the kids yeah. on the piano? Okay, yeah. um, there's one more that we did. We decided to kind of call it, because uh, like everybody was super busy. Tim just had a kid. Brian has a kid. Like JVD was like kind of spread thin between work, because he's like now a manager at his job. So it was like one of those things where we couldn't really commit to practicing a lot. And we just kind of decided to put it on ice for a minute. And, um, but there's another EP that we recorded with Mark water, the same guy that did city sadness. And, um, it's cool. It's really different. It's, uh, their songs are all over the place. Um, in terms of style, it's not all just like ragey punk stuff. Uh, there's like, you know, some like Queens of the stone age worship. There's like, a like there's definitely some like ni- mid nineties, like screamo throwback stuff on there. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of stuff in weird time signatures. Like I think we wrote a song in six and then a song in seven 
too, which mm. is like weird time signatures to write in. Um, Seven's weird, man. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, when you lock it in though. It's kind of it's it's kind of fun, but like locking it in and like trying to do different things. Over it seven makes everything sound so like neurosis. Yeah, it just <laughs> kind makes of, yeah, yeah. You, it's like the neurosis burnt by the sun time signature. Right. Like but, when, I think of five, when I think of fives, I think of botch immediately every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like writing in fives. Uh, it's it's hard because like with sold, it's so like it's it's got such a pop meter to it that like trying to bring like a five four drum beat to something where you're like, hey, let's make it sound like Joy Division. With a stutter, <laughs> it's like it yeah. doesn't work, yeah. you know. Like, um, uh, although I guess you could probably do that, but um, I can't ever write anything in three. Like, I'm so bad at writing waltzes. Um, really? Have you have yeah. you met Jordan by any chance? Jordan is programmed in threes, like not like three, but like like triplets wise, not necessarily like like three uh, four, but like you play everything in triplets. It's really dope because it's like no, most people don't are programmed before, and right. all Jordan's riffs are just like triplets it's cool nice that's sick uh yeah i'll have to like you'll have to show me how you do that because every time i, I like i don't know i don't <laughs> dude, I, I i don't know jeff bitches constantly when i write riffs not so much anymore at, but I, I guess after fucking 20 years he's gotten used to me but for a long time like even like up as, as soon as like i don't know four years ago I would write like a five four riff or something like that, and you know he's like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing?" I'm like, <laughs> "I want you to play it like this." And he's like, "Why don't you just cut one out?" I'm like, "Cause it doesn't sound as cool. Like, and this yeah. is what you're supposed to do." In my brain, like you said, I can't explain it to you. I have no idea. The same thing with the triplets thing. I have no idea why my brain goes to stuff like that, but it, it, it just does. It's, it's it's slightly different. It makes me feel I don't know, not like special, but like I go okay, yeah. This is this is this is a little bit different. So this is like my own twist because I add a friggin' uh, measure or something weird like that. I, I add a triplet in between a triplet or something stupid like that. Yeah, no, I can help. It, and it, oh yeah, oh well, I was gonna say it helped me to play in seven to like I, not to play to like a metronome in seven, but I just found like all these like drumless tracks that had metronomes on them. Sure. Uh, like on YouTube. And I found it just, it, it's easier to like, to understand like the phrasing and like when, when to come back on one and when, how, like how you can structure like a song in seven. I feel like a lot of that also comes from uh, like, even just like using your body as a metronome when you're playing. Um, oh, yeah. I always, yeah. And, I think like playing with Van Dyne when we started writing like a lot of instrumental stuff together, maybe around like 2004, 2005, we would just sit in his basement, just him and I, and he would just repeat the same beat for like 15 minutes and I would just play along to it. And uh, that really locked it in for me. Um, and then, you know, it's weird how your brain works. Uh, I watched like a clinic with the dude from Stone Temple Pilots, their bass player, who's like really good, like is the band. You ask me. Um, no, the drummer's he, terrible. Uh, yeah, but like well, the, the Dilio brother that plays guitar is like yeah, that guy's awesome. So yeah, no, he's really good. The bass player is just, just like that. Robert is uh, he's he's a he's a beast, and he was talking about how he was like, yeah, I like came home and I like started. He was talking about how he wrote Vaseline 
And he was like, where did I get this beat from? And it was like the blinker, the rhythm of the blinker and his like Oldsmobile or something like that. He's like, oh shit, I've been hearing that all day and that's why I wrote that. And I wondered, Jordan, if you just like somewhere in your life heard like something in three and it just got patterned into your brain. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, every time I make a left turn now, I'm gonna be like Temple Pilots. Scott Weiland wrote that whole album, uh Sober. Core. Yeah, is that first riffs? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I um. Those songs are more like start doing drugs. introspective in some of their later stuff in like a different way, I guess. I yeah, a lot of it towards the end. I feel like the um, I just listened to what was the song that was on the Crow soundtrack? Was that Big Empty? That the, song is awesome. It's it goes, so it, good. It, it sounds like a western in the beginning. But yeah, you, okay. yeah. You know, yeah. Jason Jason Momoa is going to be the new Crow. Really? I don't care. About yeah, that. I don't want to know. <laughs> I thought the crow was supposed to be like a frail gothy guy, not like a ginormous like. Bro, this is aqu- this is Aquaman. new crow. Yeah, okay, not Aquaman. That's for sure. Yeah, like, just, bro, I, bro, I love goth chicks. That's like not, the, not, not Cal that's Drogo. Jesus wear eyeliner. <laughs> bro, I was yeah. more eyeliner is Cal Drogo, chicks, dude. Yeah, it's oh Cal Drogo. Yeah, yeah, it's I a perfect heard. role for him because he didn't have to say a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what, like, what, like, what if he? What if he fucking uh, like? What if he goes like full in, like starves himself, loses all his muscle mass? It's real bad. No, like the, uh, why? Why would you do that? No, he's not know, that man. kind of you actor. What, you ever yeah, see what Christian Bale does? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but once you do that, actor. people take you more seriously. They're like. People wouldn't take Joaquin Christian Bale Phoenix seriously until he too. starved himself. I, like, I don't think Mr. Momoa he cares about being <laughs> Mr. Momoa. As soon as Jason Momoa loses weight for a role, he just gets replaced by Roman Reigns immediately. Exactly. 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 <laughs> Speaking he, of which, no, he, I got, can, he can act better than Roman Reigns, first of all. Roman Reigns is trash. I'm watching Raw right now, and he's not on Raw. But I hate Roman Reigns, man. He you guys yelled at me for watching the Phillies game during a podcast. And you guys are watching Raw. Raw is different. No, Raw is just you know, I am. Raw you know, is since, life, man. Since Jordan's been quiet and he's watching Raw, I think we need a Jordan lightning round right now. Where Jordan oh, fires shit. Off, where Jordan fires off some questions for Scott as quickly as he can come up with them. Okay. No, I like the Dion test. I, don't I got know. the game all set up. I got the game set okay. up. Dude, ask him wrestling questions. Scott, in 2008, how many times were I run into you on Past Junk Avenue? High and drunk as fuck. Go. I at least weekly. Four, least five, week. six, seven, or sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Correct. <laughs> Lightning right, round. Question two. World. Let's go. We're off with a bang. Let's go to two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. It's all probably about us being stupid in South Philly for that year and a half. There's probably a lot um, of them, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of them. Of just being stupid. Scott, how many times would you come into the house that Martello still lives in? I'd be high on perks on a Tuesday. One, two, or 420? 420. <laughs> it's got to be 420. Correct. I remember... I- I remember coming in and I didn't even watch basketball and I somehow watched like an entire basketball game with you while you were dipped out on whatever the fuck it was you were on. And I was just like... I have five perks. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think Travis was playing computer games or whatever, and I didn't really know you guys that well. And I was like, yo, this dude's also, also also on weed and perks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and this guy with the, the leg tattoo of the zombie is pretty sick. And so I was like just hanging out, watch I forget. I don't know. I think that was when I was dating Tina. So yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, when, yeah. How okay, question three. How many random graffiti dudes would just stop at our house to do drugs with us? Is it three, four, thirteen, or zero? Because they're all dead now. Turned its lightning round, took a real dark turn. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Rest in peace, my boy Iraq. How yeah, long rest in peace, Iraq. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, that was that sure. was really sad. That sucks. The answer is um, whatever you guys say. You're correct. Boom. <laughs> Three in a row. This is probably the so best. You guys want to do this? Does you, you want to do the Spotify thing, or do you want to keep going with this? <laughs> I think George's lady route is just a good small feature to lead into Dion's impossible quiz. Well, yeah, what's this, is, this is the part where you guys get like, go like, well, we hadn't heard much of Jordan tonight, and it's like, well, yeah, you guys are talking about like Doyle's. Well, now we know because you've been watching the Raw this enough. whole time. You've been watching. I this- can't talk about Doyle's Town and Lansdale beef. I, I wasn't there, homie. Homie, I'm just talking about. Are you watching Raw every time? That's talking what I'm about asking. Beef. Are you talking oh, about Mondays? Raw? I mean, yes. I just, when Eric is down here, sometimes or I have the remote, I'll switch back and forth between Raw and the Phillies. The Sillies. I'm back in. By the way, they won three in a row. I'm back in. But um, okay. dude, Braves lost too, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they did. What are we? What are we? Four games behind? I'm missing like, Bachelor in Paradise for this. Hell yeah. Oh. Cool. Bachelor in Paradise. Hey, Scott. Yo, pro move. If you live on the West Coast, this starts at five, and I get to hop right into Bachelor after this. And oh, I don't watch Paradise, sick. though. I'm glad. Paradise is so much better. Catch a Bachelor. Nah, I've never I'm seen missing it. out on by not being married. So, like, The Bachelor and wrestling are the same thing, essentially. Hey, man, Just we don't watch different this shit in my house. People. Shut up. No, they are not. Dude, I'm they tired. Are. I'm they, tired. They, have, like, they, they set up people like heels the same way that wrestling does. They have people okay. who they like, they like gas up on the screen to make you like them, just like they do at wrestling. That's Bachelor in Paradise. How many fucking moonsaults are in the Bachelor in Paradise? How many moonsaults do they do? I mean, emotional moonsaults. Stop, 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 stop. stop. <laughs> When I don't know. John convinced me to watch a song all the Fast title. and Furious movies. He might there's be about to convince me to get into The Bachelor. No. There's Moonsault in Fast and insult. The new single. All right. Hit Scott with your stupid <laughs> test. Now we're done mine. Everyone's right. Lightning Round is brought to you by Flavor Sticks. Flavor Sticks. <laughs> They're it's not for pussies. Do not, yeah. you, you can't eat them or, or, or put them in your pee hole. <laughs> Perfect for watching sports while dipped out on your couch. Yes, don't do perks, <laughs> do flavor sticks. <laughs> Death. It's it's flavor, dude. You're butchering the name. I'm sorry, I'm uh, sorry. Don't do perks, do flavor sticks. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Scott, I have a quiz, okay? I go okay. on my spot okay, I go on my Spotify and I and I ask and and I tell you an artist and you have to tell me the top played song from that artist. Oh. And Okay. Okay, so some of them you might know, some of them you might not. Okay, I'm gonna give you. Uh, since we are talking about Woodstock '99, the first band is Blink 182. Did they play Woodstock '99? 
No, but it's that TRL. <laughs> what, dude? Oh my god. Because we're talking about Woodstock 99. Here's a band that didn't play. <laughs> uh, Sorry, the TRL era. Sorry. Is is uh is is damn it the, the most played song? Do I get to guess? even it doesn't even crack top five, Scott. So that is incorrect. Wow. John Lowe. John Lowe, do you want to steal? Uh, I'm going to guess that it's Adam's song. Uh, can I guess? Can I guess? It's not is Adam's it the, song. Is, Go. What is the, what is the, the, where are you? What song is that? What is the name of <laughs> it's that? It's called song? I Miss You. <laughs> I Miss You. Is that number one? It, that is number two. Oh! Is it Say what's to Kids what's, Part Two? What, what's my age it, again? That is the third one, Jordan. The first one is All the Small Things. That was the next one. See, I would have thought that the Fuck Where you, Are You Dion. song would have done it just based on <laughs> I'm so sorry. Where are you? <laughs> We're talking about millions of plays, Martella. It's night. All right, Scott, maybe you'll have a little better luck with this one, okay? Possibly, you never know. You've mentioned you mentioned this band in this podcast. The band is Cave In. Ooh, is it Anchor? It is not. Anchor is number two. Oh, can I guess? Or did John? Yes, John you can, no, John Martello can guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it, uh, what is it? Um, what is it, the Big Riff? Is that the name of the song? That's the yeah. song, right? Big riff, yeah. Nope, it's not on. It's not yeah. on top five. Oh man, I have no <laughs> idea. Then that's tough, man. I'm surprised it's not either of those. Is it? Is it Moral Eclipse? Ooh, that one is number three. Fuck. Okay, I'm the gonna number guess. one is. I'm, I'm gonna guess Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Oh god, yeah, that's gotta be it, right? No, it's not. Wow. It's stained silver. That's a that that's a good song, but it's surprising that's the top. Yeah, is that? it's Which because that it's one? because I think it's because it's the leadoff track of that album. Mm. I think that's why it's played so much. Right. I don't know. Sorry, that was a little tough. No, no, no it's good. Yeah, that's no, yeah, easy. It's impossible quiz. That's that's yeah, an interesting. I would, I, hey, now we you're know. a bass like player. Not- you're a bass player, right, Scott? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Tell us the number hey, one Primus song. <laughs> So I knew it was going there. The number one Primus song. Yes, it's not my name. It's not my name is Mud. Is it Winona's Big Round Beaver? Dude, no, it's neither of those. But Winona's Winona's Winona. I don't know. Big Brown Beaver. Excellent song title. So th- great. Does anyone else want to take a stab? I think I have this one. Yeah, yes. it was a race car driver. That is correct. Have you ever been right about something and be really upset about yourself for being right about it? Shut up, man. We've talked about how Primus is cool. Shut up. I don't think it's not that I don't think Primus is cool, but it is. Now I got to do Red Hot Chili Peppers. I got to do Red Hot Chili Peppers now because Jordan made fun of me. Can't stop. Ooh, it is not can't stop. What is it? Californication. Ooh, Californication is number two. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna guess under the bridge. That is correct. Under oh. the bridge. Ah. See, I, I I'm getting the benefit of you guys getting it wrong. I think Primus I would have got right still, but that one I would not have got. Dude, did you ever? Did I send you the video of that on Infinite Luke? 
just that part of the song. No. <laughs> Mother Russia, oh. do not suffer. Uh, all right, get your get your phone because I'm sending it to you right now. <laughs> okay, last one, last one, and there's also a bonus question because you'll probably get this right. Okay. Okay. The band is. You mentioned this in the podcast as well. Queen. Uh, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. That is correct. Now for yeah, a bonus. That's a meatball. No, now this is the bonus. They have three songs over one billion plays, including Bohemian Rhapsody. What are the other two? Uh, We are the champions. Incorrect. What? What? Really? Doesn't it have a different name? No, No, it's one of the champions. Uh, It's a, what's it called? Uh, Bicycle? Uh, somebody who loves me, but I forget the name of the song. It's not that. Somebody, you think somebody, 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 somebody to love? No. Yeah, yeah. It's not? No. Fat Bomb Girls? No. Wow. Damn. I don't Dude. know them, man. Killer Queen? Martello, do you have a guess? <laughs> Martello, are you watching that video I just sent you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, thanks. The other two are Another One Bites the Dust and oh, Don't yeah. Stop Me Now. Don't Stop okay. Me Now. That's a pr- Don't Stop Me Now is surprising. Yeah, yeah, that's got, no, that song's gotten very hype over the past uh, last decade as far as like, I think yes. like, it had that scene in Shaun of the Dead where they're beating the zombie to the beat. Yeah, yeah you're right. Wait, He's like, that's why the song got really big. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it helped it. Movies can help revive, revive songs. Shaun of the Dead. I guess. Definitely, yeah. Like fucking yeah. Martin Scorsese does it for, for the Rolling Stones every uh, every couple decades. That's a little bit different, though. Yeah. To be or fair, if Charlie. any movie was to hype up Queen, it would be the fucking movie about Queen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which would, oh, yeah. I did not. I really wasn't <laughs> like, like that. I don't think I made it further than like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I, I I like Queen. I, I still it. never I, I still never seen it. It's not worth your time, man. Like it's yeah, like, I, like I love Queen. I think Queen's a great band. Obviously. Yeah, they're awesome. Big, big, big classic. I don't understand part. how I like that Remy Malik dude because I thought I think that uh, what's it, Mr. Robot is a fucking fantastic show. Yeah, top but two. like I don't like there's like pr- there, there's like proof oh, that, with Will that, Smith. That, wait, what? He's talking about that's I, Will Smith, that's Mr. I, yeah, Robot. I Robot. Yeah, that's I Robot. Yeah, that book that Isaac Asimov wrote about Will Smith. Remember? Yes. Yes. Oh, I do. The way became so popular. The way they, the the way they don't portray... stop me now became so popular is because he wrote, he wrote of wild commercials. Wild right after, just so you know. No commercials. Well, the, the reason why they he portrayed like Freddie okay. Mercury like he was fucking like Charlie and that he was he was Willy Wonka, like Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's just Will really Smith? weird. Will Smith man. was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will Smith. Fuck you, Dion. If I get God no, damn it. Wait a second. Yeah, so, sometimes well, I get. Sometimes I also get the Kevin James and Ali mixed up. So I get it. <laughs> like really, dude. Honestly, the biopic genre is just like I don't. Like it's it. done, dude. I, I can't do it anymore. It's literally the same fucking story. Like I don't. What do you mean? The well, biopic. Like, upside down. <laughs> like I don't. I, <laughs> 
just name them, man. Like Ray, I don't really dig that movie. The Elton John one, I didn't like. I don't well, really like because it's funny because now they get compared. That the was it the Aretha Franklin one just came out, yeah. and people are like this. Like after seeing Walk Hard, this seems like Walk Hard. <laughs> Oh, like, I don't like to hear that. You know what? Why? It's, I mean, walk hard. Walk the line was It's funny you say that. I was reading an article about She's All That today, and basically about how Not Another Teen Movie basically ruins that movie because it's also like, a great movie. It, it's kind of just like a funnier version of it, and that movie's already kind of tongue in cheek. And that's kind of yeah. like, like I feel like Walk Hard just ruined biopics completely because it's like such oh, a good God. parody. It's just like yeah. hard to watch them without thinking about I, everything Dewey Cox related. <laughs> I, 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 need, I need a, I need a Dion rating. She's all that. How many stars, Dion? I need a normie. Is rating. that the one with She's All That? Is that the it's one with Prince who's Jr. The Rachel Lee Cook? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. But I'm gonna say five out of five, man, for the normie rating. No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three point nine. Can't give it a okay. full Okay, that's still that's a good score. That's a good normie score. Go on, JLo. I'm sorry. I, I need a normie score. <laughs> She Not another possibly, teen movie is awesome. She can't possibly be a prom queen. She has glasses and a ponytail. Oh, yeah. No, there's no <laughs> she's way. She's covered in paint. There's, there's no <laughs> way different. you can overcome that. <laughs> Those paint covered overalls. Fuck, man. I've, I've never seen a movie where a girl overcame a ponytail <laughs> and glasses. Like I've I never seen some pretty cute chick become this super mega hot chick taking her hair out and taking off her fucking glasses. Dude, Jordan, have rude, you seen that another teen movie? I mean, I'm sure I've fucking seen that dumbass movie like a couple of times. Oh, it's but I don't great. Remember. I, I don't remember. I find offense to that shit, man. Making like people with like visual handicap like they're uglier because they have glasses now. I also take offense to people that wear glasses now that aren't visually handicapped. So fuck them people too. Yo, there's that a shot at me. There's a lot of. Are, are you wearing glasses and you don't need them right now? No, I do. Yo, yeah, so then you're, you are you know, I'm talking about them people that go, like, I wear these for fashion. Fuck you. I got they're made fashionable. years ago. Yeah, I know they're fashionable now. Fuck them people. Well, okay, so I can, I, I wear them because, like, it, it helps read. I have, like, astigmatism, but I'm not, like, my vision's pretty good. Are, 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 do you have beef with me because I can go without and still drive and stuff? No, no, because you still technically need them. If your doctor says you need them to read, I don't care what your reasoning is. It's when them people, like, those... I don't even know, like the the, the Warby shirt. Parker crew. Well, yeah, like the I have Warby Parker these are Warby Parkers. I swear, I have Warby Parkers. Yeah. They're they're nice glasses. <laughs> no, but didn't didn't yeah. they get started making non prescription lenses though? Yes. Okay. Oh God. Interesting. That's awful. It's like yeah, when you um, see I get I get targeted ads for a, a people are buying tem- temporary tattoos for adults now. Yeah, that's rough. That's what? It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Look cool for a day and a half. What a worth it, <laughs> Dion. Did you ever, Dion? Did you ever hit up Pat Heaney about doing your back? Is that what you wanted? You wanted me to give you like info about getting tattooed by him, right? Oh no, I I really I really enjoyed uh, seeing the progress of your back tattoo, and I oh, follow. God. I follow I follow Pat. I've gone to uh, I've gone to Chris Klein for a couple of things, yeah, um, great. but seeing your back tattoo, I'm like, shit, that looks fucking sweet. I want a back tattoo. So I'm not, uh, I'm not there yet, but yeah, I'm going to say I don't, <laughs> I, I did. And then I realized that it has to hurt. 
like a motherfucker. It's it's I'm like I went it. I went in expecting it not to hurt, and then I was like, oh, you know, it's probably fine, whatever. And like, then I yeah, I like limped out of there. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, I it sucked. It, it's funny because it made getting my knees tattooed like feel just like like a walk in the park which like it should not at all nah. but yeah no when that and it's funny because like you there's like spots in your back that you wouldn't think would feel like anything but when they get to like the small of your back like right where your spinal cord ends it's like somebody's shooting you with like like a nine millimeter right your side uh, yeah i'm good i'm good yeah yeah, plus it, it takes a lot of time to fill in the letters sublime on your back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yo, I would have respect for you, anybody who got a full sublime back tattoo. I'm going to get like a, pr- just, or like a I, primer that, 55 chest piece. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just got the Rome? Just got Roman. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, no. Mar- I'm sure Mar- so. Marcello, if you pay for it, I'll get. The lyrics, I play guitar like a motherfucking riot across my shoulder blades if you pay for it. I'll why get, I'll, why I'll out of everybody money. here did you ask me to pay for it? It's because true. I know, I know it will never happen. That's why I asked you. <laughs> oh, he's been on well, we heard that. Thing. You yeah. heard that, folks. I'll get, so, I'll get some We're gonna blind set up a GoFundMe. Yeah, Where's I think there? I am actually, when we post this episode, I am actually going to put up a fake GoFundMe for this, too. So. You should. Um, you should buy enough flavor sticks. To right. pay Yo, for hey, flavor sticks. Boom. Pay for this man's back tattoo. Pay for his sublime back tattoo. Oh. Pat told me that he wanted me to get the Tasmanian devil with fucking hostile written <laughs> underneath. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking sick. That's the sickest thing I've ever heard. You know, if I didn't give a shit about like my career or about like anything, like maybe I would do that like someplace inconspicuous. But I don't know that I can get like a curse word written on my body like that. But I was like, what a combination! A Pantera song title and the Tasmanian Temple. That's so sick. You got your foot. You, you don't got your feet done yet, do you? The top nah, of your feet. Uh, get on the go. bottom of your foot. You're there the sole you of your foot. Never wear sandals again. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I don't know. I um. <laughs> I, I let's put it this way, if like I if something happened where like shit didn't matter anymore, then yeah, sure, I'll get it on my fucking neck. You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. I just I thought that was no, no, no. nobody said neck. No, I mean I'm saying if like if, if I didn't everything in my life would oh, right. Fuck. If everything in my life went to garbage, I'd get Taz with fucking hostile like on my throat. It's like right here. Sure. <laughs> I would like just, Tasmanian devil. Just fucking Taz on your Adam's apple, fucking. Yeah, it. right. Just like yeah, exactly. Um, that was like a really. That was a. There was like a really funny. I think Krad said it to me on uh, on Facebook. It was like, yeah, you you you're from Philly, yeah, right. How many Looney Tunes tattoos do you have? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> uh, I bird, moo moo. Yeah, basically. Um, but uh at any rate yeah so uh yeah dion let me know if you do get your back piece started you should get a fucking hostile back piece i think so oh, that'd be sick yeah i want to get ball with the ball across my shoulder blades just oh, that be fucking in like old, in old english just like, 
Just that's like, a funny thing that would have been yep. people would have thought was cool in like 2001, and now they'll just think you're racist immediately if you have that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think we I should swear probably it's... probably up against it. We should probably start wrapping it up. Just... Yeah, Bachelor in Paradise is about to start for J Lo. Anyway, oh. hey guys, <laughs> that was that was probably that was probably the deepest and most serious we got on a podcast. But there was a lot of giggles too. So I hope you guys had fun listening in. Make sure if you're not sucking on a flavor stick, pop one in your mouth and get your flavor on. All right. Thank you, Scott, for Thanks, being guys. with us. Yo. Have to spot me.